0: Welcome back to episode 10 of Take to Take. We have hit the double digits. My name is Luke Burrows. I'm joined, as usual, by Patrick Tallon and Nick Robinson. Our uh, second show with all three of us here. We are excited to get started. It's been uh, it's been a week in the NHL. We've got um, a few events to, to get into. And our first, we're going to start with something that uh, broke... Within the last hour, Patrick sent it to us uh, while I was on the subway um, Roman Yosi eight million over nine years or sorry that was backwards correct nine million over eight years that would be it in Nashville Nicholas yeah that's
1: a bit of an interesting one to me. Obviously Roman Yosi is a highly thought of player uh he's a good player Roman Yosi's fine. Uh, I'm not wild about this deal because he is going to be 30 years old when it kicks in and therefore 38 when it ends. And making $9 million sort of in the back half of your career like that, not too sure how I feel about that. That's a big risk. And there's a full no-movement clause across the eight years, across the board. So it makes it very hard to move, although it is front-loaded. That was the one thing people were pointing out, but you can't make a nine million dollar cap hit disappear. You can't make a no movement clause disappear, and that's weird because David Poile has historically not given out these no movement clauses. I think Romanios is gonna be like the only player on this team that has one, which is
0: wild. But yeah, uh, I'm not wild about it. I don't know how you guys feel. I would I would agree with that, um, especially in terms of the term. <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, I think there's no denying Roman Yossi uh, is worth that kind of money um, when you're looking through a more short-sighted lens, but uh, you made a good point before the show. When he comes out of this contract, he's going to be 38, you said? Is that correct? Yep. 38. That's uh, that's getting up there. So I didn't realize he was 30. That surprised me. I thought That's some Mark Edward
2: that. Vlasic stuff right there.
0: But um, Patrick's currently hey, Pat. trying to get our live stream up and running. Pat, do you have something to say? or?
2: That's uh, a lot of term. He will be 38 when the contract is up. Pat agrees. So, that Th- is.
1: thank you for reiterating facts I stated two minutes ago. No problem. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: Uh, moving on to another defenseman. Um, his last name is Carlson, not the Carlson Nick would like to talk about. But hey. uh, John Carlson is has five goals, 16 assists, 21 points in 13 games. He is. I don't think he's any more the top. Uh, score in the league, but I think he's third. I very well probably am wrong about that. But he's on pace for 132 points. Obviously, that's um, not going to happen. Uh, but his career high is 70. That was last year. What do you guys think is going right for John Carlson right now?
1: Pat, did
2: you want to start with this? one? Yeah, he's all, he's been pretty lucky. I mean, not not to take anything away from his play, he has been very lucky. But I think a lot of people, um, I don't know, they're waiting for him to die off. And to kind of tamper off with it in terms of production, but I also feel like you have to kind of tip your cap because it's actually pretty impressive for a defenseman. And no one expected of all people, John Carlson, to have a start of a season like this. I mean, if you look at like the first ten games, Coffee had twenty points, um, and then Orr had had it twice, twenty points with oh uh, no, sorry, eighteen points right. twice in seventy and seventy four, and then so Carlson's actually tied Orr with within the first ten games of October, eighteen points. So it's like it's pretty impressive to put up that production, but you know.
1: Yeah, he's got a 1.82 points per game average right now. And the only defenseman who's ever done that is Bobby Orr. So I wouldn't expect John Carlson to continue at this torrid pace. Although, obviously on a Washington team that scores a lot, I think he can continue at or near a point per game pace. I don't think that's out of the question. He's certainly improved uh, over the past couple years immensely. He was sort of very, very one-dimensional probably two, three years ago, whereas now he's um, definitely improved his all-around game a bit more, and he's just playing a lot better, playing a lot more confidently. So, yeah, he's having a great start to the season. Obviously, right now, if the Norris Trophy was at the quarter point of the season, he is the absolute, true, standalone one guy that would get it. So, yeah, Good, uh, good on John Carlson, but I don't think he's going to continue at a no. 1.82 point per yeah, game no, pace. Yeah, absolutely no. not.
0: Uh, just to give some context there, though, John Carlson is tied for second with 21 points alongside Settle and McDavid. Pasternak is in first, and the next defenseman after that is uh, Roman Yossi with 13. Moving on, uh, Tarasenko is out for five months from what I understand is a lingering shoulder uh, thing. Um, Surgery has him about five months. That takes a hit on the Blues. He's going to be reevaluated in five months. Yeah, takes a hit on fantasy owners. He's having surgery, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, that one really hurts. The Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions, who are not the deepest team on the wing. They're like a solid four-line team, but they're not the deepest in terms of their wingers. And obviously, anytime you take a guy who's scored forty goals out of your lineup, it's going to hurt badly. I would say he's their go-to offensive weapon, and I think their power play is going to suffer to some degree, and their five v five chance generation is obviously going to—it's going to hurt. Everything's going to suck. So, I want that one does not bode well for the Blues in a really, really competitive
0: Central Division. Sorry, Pat. Did you have something to add, or are you? I wanna, I wanna ask. Um, pre, pre, if Tarasenko is healthy, I wanna ask what, um, how much faith would you guys have in the St. Louis Blues to repeat?
1: Uh, again, it's difficult because it's such a competitive division that they're in. But I, I mean, they're playing well. They started the season pretty good, and it, it's the same team coming back that won the cup last year. They kept the large part of this team together. So I it it's still really early to say who front runners are for the cup, but I, again I would have had them in the mix. I would have had them in the playoffs for sure. And you know, once they're in there, they've done it before, so could have done it again. But
0: this is gonna hurt that chance. Speaking of the cup, we will get to that shortly. Um we all have our cup picks in for today. Uh just another level to embarrass ourselves on come April. Um <laughs> Winnipeg and Calgary just played outdoors on Saturday. We talked about that last weekend.
2: Did anyone watch it?
0: I No, I didn't. No, okay. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Uh, breaking news from
1: Elliot Friedman uh, to go with the injury theme from Tarasenko. He just tweeted, Bit of a blow for the dynamic avalanche hearing <laughs> Captain Gabriel Landeskog out indefinitely with a lower body injury. That's a bit of a... That tosses some more stuff into the pot there. Sort of thickens the whole uh, thing.
2: Another thing. Landis gog out indefinitely. What? Apparently, according to the chat, yeah. this could just be... Like what 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 I just said? I was doing the live stream, is that what you just
1: said? I, I full on literally just said that, <laughs> Pat. So breaking news, uh, <laughs> Gabe Landis <laughs> okay. is so out He just definitely. broke the news after I broke the news. Jesus, Pat.
2: I'm trying to get the live stream set up. All right, um, come on. <laughs> I haven't heard a thing you guys have said. I, I literally
1: full-on just read Elliot Friedman's but
2: tweet. But we are live. We are live on Twitter. We're we Talon, we live on Twitter. I'm 81
0: If you want to... There we go. Okay. For some Twitter reason, followers. if you wanted to watch this happen. <laughs> um, okay, we'll we'll circle back to Winnipeg, Calgary. Landis Gogg out, out. Uh, Rantanen also out. That's two of the three of uh, Colorado's top line that was always in conversation, but I think usually second to uh, Boston's top line. Um, I, I would like to include our, uh, maybe we should have done cup picks before this, but uh, what do you guys think that does to Colorado's upcoming seven months?
1: It depends how long the injury is. Obviously, like we don't know that yet, but they're such a one-line team. That's the only concern with Colorado. Although they did a good job adding depth this summer, they're still very much a one-line team. And taking one of those three out of the one line, it's going to hurt them. So we're going to see. We haven't seen that line sort of broken apart for any extended period of time since the beginning of last season. So yeah. this is going to be a big test for them.
2: But Purokovsky's done well. They're, Kaj's been doing pretty well. He's playing second line. See, so yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Donskoy,
0: if uh, yeah. out of McKinnon, Landis, Granton, if you could keep one of them, which one would you keep? McKinnon, yes. Okay. Uh, On Saturday at the Winnipeg-Calgary Heritage Classic, I think that it wasn't. It was a heritage classic. Heritage some classic. Some kind of outdoor game. Um, Lowry hit.
2: Oh, uh, a, a guy. Killing. Uh, killing. There you, okay, we go. That's how it's pronounced.
0: Lowry hit
1: yeah, Can I just interrupt for one second? So Sean Simpson, who's a radio host in Ottawa, tweeted like how the Pred signed Yosi, and said the Sharks certainly overpaid on Carlson. So I tweeted back. Eric Carlson is twice as good as Yossi. He just quoted my tweet and said, and I quote, you waking and baking, question mark. Like, I literally just got that. What? Yeah, like, completely serious. Big Twitter guy. Nick also has a Twitter. Isn't that weird? All right. Oh, should, we are... should I tell him to tune in? Yeah, I think so. All right, so who did Lowry hit? It was K- a guy. Kylington. Kylington,
2: Kylington. yeah. yeah, yeah. Shilla- okay.
0: Shillington. Third attempt at this uh, topic. O- Oliver, Lowry, Shillington. um hits Kylington um, Oliver Killington. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's try to get through this. Uh, I think I, I first watched it in slow motion. Um, and I think it looks way worse. I think it is way worse than it looks. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, for a lot of reasons, I think uh, he definitely had time not to do what he did. You, you watch the play. He's up against the boards and Uh, Lowry, like he just, he he comes in from like almost the hash marks and just kind of pinches off his, like the top half of his torso there. I don't, I don't get it. And then what bothers me, and we can talk about this after I hear your guys' opinions, um, after hits like that, the scrum that ensues is so dangerous. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, I just, I hate it. I think it's so, it's so ridiculous and it's so unsafe. And because neither teams take that into account. I don't see how the players are like, Are just leaping over their injured player on the ice to get into the scrum. Like it's always the goalie that kind of gets down and tries to pull the player out because he sees what's going on. Obviously, the goalie's not going to get into it, but I'm just, I'm not a fan of those post hit scrums when there's an injured player. I think it's just. And a
2: lot of times I feel like people kind of excuse sort of like variations of those hits because players can turn at the last minute or like if their back's to the boards, they're about to turn, but that wasn't one of those instances. Like his back was to the boards the entire time and there was no. While watching it, you could tell he wasn't going to turn. That was just
0: full on. Yeah, no, hit. that's so, right. like there, um, he. That was going to happen the entire time. It's yeah, you're yeah. right. It's not at all like like there was a last second turn that yeah. that you can kind of give some some leeway to Larry. Yeah. I don't know.
1: So confession, I didn't actually see the hit. Didn't I'll, actually see
0: the play. Didn't I'll watch any part of well, the outdoor game. I don't blame game. you for wa- not watching that game.
1: Yeah, well, we had our conversation about outdoor games last week, we so did. I didn't actually see. It part of it so i'll well, we'll get your live reaction to... right now here you
0: go yeah oh yeah
1: okay let me see it right now let, let me live react to the hit let's see this oh sorry Hold on. i gotta go back here okay oh man that's dangerous yeah that was right on the numbers yeah that was bad is the scrum in there too yeah but like I don't know. I that's the bad part like riddick does a good job dragging shillington out of there <laughs> Like, that that was dangerous. Like, there's 10 guys all of a sudden around him. That's so dangerous.
0: Holy smokes. Well, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I just think, I mean, again, kudos wow. to the goalie. But yeah, nice the players have to see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, kudos there. to Riddick. But, yeah, that's that's dangerous. There was one. Uh, what's, the, what's his, like,
2: injury status? Is he um, out or is he, is he hurt? I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard, I haven't heard, heard about him.
0: I know, uh, obviously, Lowry's out two games. I didn't know about the hit until you texted me a few days ago. Like, I didn't. Okay, so um, well, he got two games for it. Uh, what yeah. do you guys think about that? Mm, I would, too much, too less. Yeah, too no, that's not enough. Uh, it's not enough. Three that was four? that was a bad hit. That was there. that was pretty bad. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, also, at the Heritage Classic, maybe we should have watched the game. A lot of stuff happened. <laughs> even though it was a two, I think it was one nothing Calgary for most of the game. Yes,
2: and then Winnipeg tied it
0: late and won it. Yeah, but right? it's
2: close though. I don't like a close outdoor game
0: like a blowout. I w- I'd rather have like a seven six. So it. like oh. you, you would have
1: preferred that time like Montreal Smash Boss than the Winter Classic like it would have been like you. No, would I just think there's like more a,
0: suspense to like a
2: close game. Like I'm, I'll take the, I'll take the.
1: Was it snow? Like was it snowing? The, yeah, yeah, they it said was, they said the uh, of setting of the game overall yeah. was beautiful. I read, but huh. uh, attendance again,
2: didn't look too good though. From pictures I saw, it looked.
1: I'm not. You know. ju- I, I'm interested to see what viewership was because they did not hype this thing up at all.
2: No. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: we didn't know about it until last week. Yep. Um, but Elliot Friedman brought up uh, a report. I don't know if it's his or not, but the NHL, again, is uh, looking into being involved with or directly uh, creating a women's hockey league. I There's not much there's not, I, substance I want, to yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's literally all it was. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with... Um, the existing leagues now but i don't know do you guys yeah. think it's you know the nhl finally time to step up i think sort of
1: everybody assumed that this was eventually gonna be something that the nhl explored when the women's uh canadian women's hockey league first folded i think that was definitely something people thought the nhl would look to because obviously it's a big opportunity for them uh, to get women's hockey, put their money where their mouth is, and yeah. bring it under the National Hockey League's umbrella. Although the NHL doesn't market quite as well, or doesn't have the reach that other top four sports do, their reach is far uh, superior to that of uh, compared to what the women's league was. Yeah. So, uh, if Gary Bettman and the NHL are really serious about this, I think this is fantastic step for women's hockey. Um, and getting the attention and coverage that it deserves to have. So, like you said, not much substance to it. Yeah. There hasn't been much report on it other than uh, headlines on Sportsnet this weekend.
2: It was pretty short, too. He said, like, um, Bettman has been pretty consistent about this. He won't get. Inv- he says he will not get involved as long as the NWHL is still playing and in operation. Um, but if anything changes, Bettman has to have a plan. Right. Right. So gonna
1: be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out. Said, Let, I,
2: let's hope. He said, "I think six teams, and then maybe two in Canada." What do we think? Toronto, Montreal, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. that would work. So yeah,
1: mm. that's good. Okay. Go go women's
0: hockey. <laughs> uh, so, moving away from kind of news now, um, we have I've asked you guys to prepare. Your most surprising players in both a good way and a bad way. Um, What do we start with, good or bad? Let's start with... uh, Let's start with good. Let's start with good. Uh, Nick, you can go ahead. Okay.
1: Okay, well, we talked about him a lot already. Like, my good surprise was Carlson, but I prepared a backup just because I knew we were going to talk about him a lot. Like, John Carlson's fantastic start to the season. Uh, My good backup is Jack Eichel. Very surprising. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are a lot better than people thought they were going to be. They showed glimpses last year of being a good hockey team during that 10-game winning streak. But so far, even their shot rates and their uh, special teams are all better this year. And the focal point of that has been Jack Eichel. Been, you know, I think he's finally starting to get the attention and show the promise that he did when he was drafted that he was supposed to have. So, yeah, I think Jack Eichel has been my good surprise this season.
0: Good for him. He's finally getting the credit he deserves out in Buffalo. I, w- I would agree, but I also think, um, like, yeah, Eichel's having a good year, but there's a lot of guys on Buffalo that are uh, stepping up, and I think um, Buffalo is the real deal this year. Maybe not as much as they are right this second. Uh, they're doing very well, but uh, they're goaltending, their defense to an extent, I think Buffalo is looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick?
2: I have JT Miller. Yes, that's yes. I like that one. That's, like a that one. one. that's a good one. I know one. Luke likes that one. 13 points, 13 games. He's done very well. Yeah. He and is also the Canucks leader uh, 11 in, games. Um, no, 13 games.
1: He also has the best uh 5v5 shot rates amongst Canucks skaters. So, yeah, good for JT Miller. He's really doing a good job driving play in that top six, which I don't think a lot of games. us 11 games. figured 11 games, he sorry. was going
2: to do, but he's playing really well. 11 games, not 13, my mistake. Um, yeah, and then I I, I knew we, weren't, we were not we already going to talk about Carlson and then James Neal, but there's another one we can mention as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Carlson and Neal are kind of the standouts, but yeah, under that. Um, Luke, did you have anybody? I do. I have, uh, I asked you guys' pronunciation on this before, Mikhaev uh, for all the Leafs fans out there, who I think are the majority of our listeners, hi guys. Uh, for who he is and for what he was expected to be, I think um, I think he's been obviously a pleasant surprise for the Leafs team. That overall, I think has been an unpleasant surprise. will uh, take it unless you're one of us that pretty maybe cool. like to see them get a little reality check yeah welcome back to leafs slander radio again on take to take but uh four and six ten points in 13 games i mean as as, he's been good as it is it's nothing super special but for for like i said for who he is um that's been that's been a good surprise i think
1: obviously i think he's slowing down a bit uh he hasn't like he started like a house on fire and was like scoring a lot in his first couple games. Obviously, he's slowing up a bit, but I think, like if you told a Leaf fan that he was going to score like 35, 40 points this year, I think they gladly would have taken that. So he's pretty much on pace to finish that. I would be surprised that. if there's Leaf fans out there arguing that he is going to, but yeah, you know, they're a little, I, there's probably Leaf fans out there that, that are telling times. people he's going to score 60 points this year, which it's not going to happen, but
0: surprising bad. Surprising bad. Uh same sorry, Pat, you go ahead.
2: Uh I have Bobrovsky. <laughs> he yeah, like he's a bad safe. He bad.
0: Yeah. Both of them. And he was last Vancouver shelled it, last night was interesting <laughs> actually. Uh they put in three on nine on Montem Montembo. Montembeau. Montembeau. Well done. Um, Bobrovsky came in. Uh this was all in the first. And then Montembeau came back and started the second again. Uh, anyways, it was a seven, two win for Vancouver. Yeah,
2: Bobrovsky was said to be the panacea for, um, Florida and eight seventy quick as well. But like, I feel like quick, I'm people kind of accepted that he's, he's I'm upset with 49. I'm upset with
0: Florida. I wanted, I really thought Florida was going to do well. Um, it's, it's kind of surprising that they're not, yeah, it is very surprising that they're not, uh, again, it's early. I mean, when are we going to stop saying it's early, but, uh, after it, 20 games, it's early
1: know. to me till 25 games.
0: Yeah. Okay. So by Nick about. and Patrick standards, it is early, but uh, no, Florida Bobrovsky. At this
2: at this point, teams should start to get into like the swing of things, and and we should stop. Yeah. yeah okay.
0: Yeah. But eventually, we'll, eventually we'll
2: stop saying it's early okay. and quick. No one's talking about how bad Quick is. I feel like well, the whole team is bad. Yeah, but yeah, eight forty nine. Jonathan, Jonathan Quick is brutal. Eight forty nine save percentage. That's
1: not yeah. Um. Okay. I'm going to shock the hell out of you guys right now. My surprising bad is Eric Carlson. So, I've gone Sorry, on the radio I just pre- say that pre- preaching that's mine as well. Preaching the holy gospel of Eric Carlson before on this show, but wow, after signing that big contract extension with the San Jose Sharks, he has been pretty poor to start the season at, in his defense. Uh, so has the entire San Jose team. I think they've completely flopped. Uh, If you're a Senators fan, you'd love to see it because we've got their first round pick this year. But yeah, San Jose's been very disappointing so far. But particularly Carlson, uh, last year was 11th in the league in his wins above replacement, and he only played uh, 55 games or so like that. So he was the 11th most valuable player in the league analytically, and he only played just over half a season. This year, though like man his defensive play just looks really weak like i know people have been did you watch uh, did you see his performance against ottawa the other night of course i did he was on the ice for all five goals it was pretty crazy (laughs) but yeah um for a player who's been at times i think unfairly criticized for his defensive play because he's been a solid uh defensive player for i would say since his like first two three years in the league now so for like six or seven years he's been a just a fine defensive player. I don't think anybody's ever expected him to be an absolute shutdown player. That's never what he is. That's well, never... he's an
0: offensive defenseman. Right. If we want to talk about that oh, again. Correct. I never thought we do this
2: every single show.
1: But uh, to be playing this poor, I think like this is his worst stretch of defensive play since his sophomore season when he was with Ottawa. Yeah. Um... So yeah, it's be, it's been pretty surprising to me that he started that way. Um, I don't expect him to continue and just have a terrible year like this, but
0: it's certainly surprising to me. Mine as well was Eric Carlson, eight points in eleven games. He's he is Norris caliber, and he should well, okay, he he should be Norris caliber. Um, like he he's that kind of defense. There's no denying that, uh, and he just straight up he should be playing like one. Um, he had a terrible game against Ottawa, like I said, but uh, yeah, it's making sense management look. Pretty smart right now which is something that doesn't happen no no it's not considering if you consider what (laughs) we got for him
1: still it's still ottawa looks dumb as hell
2: hey nick paul had a nice goal
1: he had two nice goals in that game nick paul nick paul's playing well like yeah that's been that's been my good surprise the four games of nick paul this year and no like he's actually played good it's yeah it's nice to see yeah good for him
0: Okay, I have a question uh, that I did not warn you guys about. This is they're coming in cold to this. Love to see this. Which uh, which team in the league should be most worried right now? Um, and I'm not talking about like the Sens or the Red Wings, who like they're reasonably right where they should be. Um, but I'm talking about you know teams that should be good but have got off to Dallas. a that was my answer, man. I'll go with my second <laughs> then. Uh, yeah, you know, they got off to a rough start. Pat, I'll let you start with Dallas.
2: Dallas, yeah, it's weird. Um, like, uh, Bradilov only has a handful of points. Pavelski's not doing too well. Um, just their star players aren't really producing, and they just look pretty terrible. So,
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think um, I always figured when Dallas is struggling... Uh, that top line is the kind of top line that can sort of carry them through and uh, still make them a, a decent enough team to compete. But Dallas is just having a not good October. Um, and my second, which I'll go to because Pat stole my first. And maybe not to... Stole too, your first. Maybe not to uh, the same extent, uh, but New Jersey. I think New Jersey... Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think New Jersey definitely needs to be better than they are. I thought I thought they had a pretty decent off season and not even including the draft. They're going to lose Taylor Hall like this.
1: Elaborate. His contract is up at the end of the year. If they keep playing
0: like this, he's gone. Yep. Yeah. There's no way he's staying there. Right? Okay. Um yeah, I just think I think I thought they had a very good off season. I think they need to be way better than they are. Uh Nick yours. Uh, mine would be I touched on earlier
1: San Jose Sharks they have not only gotten bad goaltending like they've been getting bad goaltending now for I would say the two seasons prior to this and in the playoffs but they were a dominant team at even strength and had a great power play the past two years but this year they are completely underperforming in like all aspects of the ice. At five v five, they've been the second worst team in the National Hockey League besides the New York Rangers. Like they've been terrible. They've looked terrible, and with a team that has invested a lot into veteran players, they've got eight million on Burns, eight million on Vlasic, eleven on Carlson, eight on Couture. Like I can sit here and go on like that's hugely who you, concerning. Who would
0: you point fingers at there?
1: Uh first and foremost, I'd point them at Doug Wilson cuz I think it's inexcusable that he's come in with this goaltending tandem again of Dell and Jones. Like it's so it's such a naive thing
0: to do to come but, in with them but just Jones, hoping they'd be better again. Jones has given some reason to think like okay, maybe he can be Sure,
1: a... he did a couple of years ago. Like his first year as a starter when they went to the cup final, like he was great. But the past two seasons before this one, like he has not been good. Neither has Dell. And I think it was completely naive. It's sort of like how the Leafs are and all we hear about now uh in Toronto is the Leafs goaltending, uh specifically pointing fingers at Mike Hutchinson. Hmm. I think
0: it's Did anyone um, see the game on Saturday? <laughs> uh Montreal beat Toronto a score of five to two and Mike Hutchinson was in goal.
1: I think it's completely crazy that Doug Wilson came in with this goaltending tandem again. I think he's a good GM. I still like how he worked his way around some of his cap hell this summer. But I think it's crazy that he came back with these guys just thinking, hey, I hope you're better this year. And surprise, surprise, they have not been better.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I just want to add, I was when I was uh, you know trying to pick a team for this, I was going to say uh, the Rangers... And then I went to look at the Rangers' uh, uh, lineup, and they're, they're just not a good team. Uh, they're a lot worse than I thought they were, just looking at their lineup, and I just I thought I should add that because um, I guess blindly figured over the offseason with their additions that they were going to be good, but no, it is fair to assume that they're not. Um,
2: Speaking of Rangers, and to go back to surprising good, you could also put Mika Zibanejad, because he's had a pretty good start to the season as well. Has he done anything since he scored a hat-trick against Ottawa? I don't know. There could be some recency bias in what I just said, but
0: he
1: Yeah.
2: Moving
0: on. Cool. (laughs) Cup picks. Yay, let's Uh, look uh, stupid. We (laughs) will make these, we will write these down, and we'll circle back. We, We will play these again in...
1: April when we're yeah. wrapping up this show, second semester and the playoffs are coming up and we all feel like looking stupid. We're gonna play these again. Who wants
2: to start? Patrick. I'll does. look dumb. First the the Colorado Avalanche. Cool. Oh, Luke, was that yours too? Nope. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's your explanation?
2: Um, I think they're a good team. And, all right, fair um, enough. Got some good offense. They got some good defense. Well, they don't have
0: good offense for a little while. Well. Okay, Pat. Okay. All right. Uh, Nick. I don't know if it's hot or not. Washington uh, Capitals. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I think
1: uh, they're going to sort out the girl attending. Looks like Braden Holpey's already turning a corner after everybody was shitting on him for being terrible. Sorry, I think that's the first time I we ever sworn on the show. <laughs> yeah. After everybody was just being really mean to him for three or four bad starts to start the year. Um, He's already turning a corner. I think their defensive group is good. And, of course, Alexander Ovechkin is Alexander Ovechkin. I can
0: totally see the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup again. Okay. Avalanche Capitals. Um, Mine is the Nashville Predators. I just think, um, aside from Subban, who did they really lose that's kind of uh would be important for a cup run obviously they've been on the doorstep for like half a decade now probably and I think I think they're gonna get one with the with the core they have now I don't see how they wouldn't like they've, they're they that good and they've made it close so it's not like they're uh well I guess you could say they're snake bitten in the playoffs but still I have the Predators
2: nice yeah
0: I
1: like that the Predators had a good off season. I think players like Matt Duchesne and uh yeah, that is somebody else good. Matt Duchesne obviously like gives them
0: like really really formidable center depth,
1: and I think that's key.
0: Yeah no, so, and I think I think um, Yossi. I, I, it's early, but Yossi performing the way he is, um, and Subban wasn't even. I don't. Know, I won't get into that. But Subban. Well, was no, he oh, geez, no, no, have, no, he wasn't. What? Jeez, you. No, no, I'm
2: just kidding. No, he wasn't what. I don't. I don't I, know I don't really think
0: say. he was. Um. I don't think he was a key piece like. Some In the people. first
2: year, he was when they went all the way. Oh wait, yeah, sure. When wait, they went way back. To the But uh, no, Yossi. I, I think Yossi's
0: <coughs> picking. Yoshi's more than picking up the slack now. Um, I think they're. I think they're more than fine. They're on defense. Um, Fair. Yeah,
2: okay, yeah. Duchesne's a uh, point per game. Is he? Yep. Quietly, he yep. hasn't scored much. No right? one's really. Yeah, only two goals, but he has nine assists. So nice, good for um, him. Yeah, I li- nice guy. Yep. I like him. Yep, as do I.
0: This morning, I. <coughs> read an article on the athletic did you either of you again i've not prompted nick or patrick with this did either of you read the uh tave schedule article do i don't have
2: the athletic i should really do that
0: you don't have the athletic <laughs> maybe we get the show sponsored by the athletic that'd be
1: cool i think that it's dan robson is a teacher in our program
0: yeah. It's for the athletic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we can him. get him to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nobody
1: take this idea. This is our idea. Yeah. Can't are looking take at this. you. It <laughs> um,
0: Mark Lazarus wrote an article, uh, also a nice guy about the Taves schedule. Essentially, what it was, um, he kind of segued it saying, uh, using Taves as an example, a vocal example of someone who isn't happy with, well, I shouldn't say that, who thinks there is a better way to uh, go about the NHL schedule and the example given was similar to the way the MLB works with series so the the games played against each team are the same but uh, like it's pretty self-explanatory but essentially for the Canucks if you were um, if you were playing the Flames you would go to Calgary at one point in the year and play all your games calgary. at flames games in calgary they'll come to you so it like three and three or whatever um it the, there's lots of numbers in the article but it saves hmm. on travel time it saves on um a big a big part of it actually was um emissions from travel but that, yeah that, that, that would cool. totally reduce the nhl's cool. uh, yeah. carbon that's footprint neat. right um that's great yeah and like player fatigue everything like that the, there's an example schedule they used the Blackhawks in the article. there's an example schedule. It looked a little funny um because they said and in, in the MLB similar when you go on the road, you're on the road for quite a while when you come home right. you're home yeah. for quite a while right. whereas in the NHL you're it's really you're, you know maybe like Vancouver might do a jump to <clears throat> Alberta and play two games there or go down to California for three games, come back for a game at home whatever um but I don't know i want I want know what you guys were thinking on that there was some. There were three reasons in the article why it will never happen. Um, I won't tell you those quite yet. But so, how uh, would that
2: work for like back-to-backs and stuff? Is, what do you mean? Like they wouldn't do three. They would do. Like if you think about if Montreal plays Toronto four times a season, they'd play all four within
1: a certain number of days. Yeah. Yeah, so, would you end up doing like, like three games back to back to back or back to back? Or would to you back do, to back no, back I don't. Space I am going to bring up the article, two, and then I think I think this, only, I like, think
0: the spacing would be pretty similar. At most, it would be three and four. Which, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. not terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's not like bad, currently what you get. I'm just so. gonna. I'm gonna find it now. But yeah. So I don't know. Thoughts? I'd, yeah, like that's it's cool. interesting.
2: I like
1: that. Yeah. That. Yeah, I like the whole principle of it. If the players, um if it gets them to spend more time with their families and stuff when they're at home mm-hmm. for longer
2: periods of time. And emissions-wise? Like, emissions-wise, that's like cool. that's fantastic. From a fan perspective, though, I feel like it's nice to have a break between when you're going to play a certain team to go back and visit that city, right. or that c- city to come visit you after, say, however many months and stuff like that. That'd be, from a fan perspective, but from like a like. It makes sense for emissions and everything else to do it that way. But so, I don't like, know, like, for example, I've been talking <clears> with my dad now for a couple of years about
1: going uh, up one weekend to Detroit to see the Senators play. I think that would be more worth it if I were to make the hike all the way up to Detroit and I get mm-hmm. to go see two Sens games versus Detroit when they're there. Yeah. Because that's all the games they play in Detroit right. for the year. That would be cool. I think, yeah, it, it depends. If you can get fan engagement with it, if you can keep attendance numbers the way they are, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah, a cool
0: that's thing that's to do. Cool. So um the example schedule for Chicago on the uh article I'll just read out like the first few games just to give you an idea. It starts with 3 against Colorado at home uh and then there is 6 on the road against Calgary then Winnipeg then Edmonton, come back home for 2 against Vegas, 3 on the road against St. Louis, come home for 1 against Florida, f- 6 on the road. So that seems like more it's it's just, I think, I think the key takeaway is it's less one and twos. Um, there's only two throughout the whole season where Chicago goes away for one game. Um, they have it against Boston and uh, Philadelphia, but regardless, those are kind of nearby. But they make a good point because when they get to how much travel time teams save, um, it varies widely. Uh, And just to give you actually an example on the emissions number, 15.5 million fewer pounds of CO2 pumped into the atmosphere. Hmm. Um, But uh,
1: Now, I think the problem with that, I'm not sure if the article outlines this, you'd have to get the NBA on board because, for example, you have a team like Toronto. You make a very good point. Exactly. They're going to be, say, they have like a seven or eight game homestand there. And you have to play in a certain number of nights. What does that do for the Toronto Raptors, right? Yeah. So that's like that's the thing you'd have to you'd have to get the
0: other leagues on board with it. So there are three reasons why um, they th- they figure this will never happen. One being, like you said, arena availability. Um, obviously, NHL games aren't the only thing to happen in arenas. The concerts they've concerts. They've got um, mm-hmm. other pro sports. It would be a scheduling nightmare to try to figure that out to try to say, like to tell Bank Arena, okay, the Leafs are here for like 10 straight nights. Obviously that wouldn't happen, but you're right. Like the NBA would have to be on board. Everyone would have to kind of work around it. And I just think for that reason alone, it's not going to happen. Another reason is uh, marketing. In terms of the example they used was, it's, it's fun to have Kane and Crosby and McDavid come to your city multiple times a year. It's difficult to market to your fan base when you say, um, you know, these players are here for one big weekend instead of multiple times throughout the year. uh, Maybe I shouldn't say it's more difficult, but it would definitely be a totally different marketing, um, you know, process to try to figure out how to how to work that because, you know, as a as a even someone in their own conference, as a Canucks fan, when McDavid. Um, comes to Vancouver once a year. It's it's going to be a little trickier yep. to sell, you know, sixty thousand tickets in one weekend to see McDavid. Um, the third reason is TV responsibilities, uh, broadcasting rights. Um, for example, NBC likes to put Chicago on Wednesday nights, um, which already causes some confusion now. Uh, with scheduling, but um, kind of aligning the series type schedule for television rights doesn't really work out either. So I think we're, I mean, it's a cool idea and I think it would, the players would like it, but there's a few reasons why, you know, it wouldn't work. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. Moving on. Let's talk about our. Our teams, non-leaf teams. Okay, serious question to start this off.
1: Are the Canucks actually good? They're playing They're playing very well. They're playing good, and I'm starting to really ask myself, Mm. are they for real? Because you said on the first episode we did that you thought they were going to make the playoffs over the Sharks, and I nearly jumped over this desk to hit you. But, man, you look
0: really smart for that right now. (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh yeah, the Canucks Um I don't know. I I I I obviously want to say yeah, they're good, but at the same time I want to say no no no, like it's still a few more years to go. But everything they did in the off season is kind of paying off. Their goalies are playing incredible.
2: They just added depth. Like it's a I don't it's pretty simple. Like it's
0: I don't know where uh where I'm gonna say it would fall apart. The only thing I would say, maybe, I mean, and usually for the past few years, it's been um, issues on defense. But um, Hughes and Edler have been playing incredible different lines. Uh, Tanev has been Tanev. I like I. I don't know. I don't know what reasons I would give for them not being a good team.
2: Well, Obviously, the top six to g- is fine. Even give like it more time. Brandon Sutter is fine. As a, well, as no, the issue is. Well.
0: is the the top one is fine, whoever that is. The bottom Pearson Horvat Retanan. Um, no, Patterson. Well, I I prefer. I'm Petter- on
2: I'm on yeah I'm on daily. Fa- daily I prefer Patterson, off has Patterson Miller, Miller Besser.
0: Besser. Yeah. That's okay. good. And then their uh, fourth line is producing like like Schaller is having a like Beagle and Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not Erickson. Um, he just played a game last night, but no Schaller and uh, not so much Beagle. But their fourth line is producing as much as you'd expect them to. It's their middle six. That I would. uh, Brandon Sutter's been pretty good,
1: like surprisingly,
0: like he scored a few goals for his standards. Yeah, I guess he
1: scored a few goals. A series that's better than you could have hoped for,
0: right? I mean, now, yeah, but when they picked him up, I would have expected that to be it. Yeah, of course, of course. But like
1: now, like compared, that's what I'm meaning. Like right now, he's doing more than you would have thought he would be doing. Yeah, sure. Quinn Hughes
0: looks like the real deal. Oh, he absolutely is yeah, the real he deal. He's good. Um, He's good. And again, I'm super happy with the goaltending right now. Yeah,
1: as long as they can, as Goal long to. as Markstrom can stay healthy, I think
0: the Canucks could make yeah, a good at This knock on wood, uh, Markstrom has been pretty good injury wise. So,
1: the the NHL same. needs more good Canadian teams. So I'm all for the Canucks being actually good. Love that it. Would be We're cool. all on board.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: uh, Pat, uh, I don't have much to say. Uh, I would like to. Talk
1: is Jonathan about... Drewen good again?
2: Um, I will talk about Jonathan Drouin briefly. Last year, he just took every question from the media about why he's so bad and why he had such a terrible season, and why he, I, I don't know people thought they were going to run him out of town, which would make sense considering it's Montreal. Um, but he's looked very good this season, defensively, offensively. He looks committed. He's forward-checking, doing all the stuff I've never seen him do uh, before. Um, I'm very impressed with Jonathan Drouin. I hope he keeps it up. Um, they changed the lines a little bit. Which I'm not big fan of. I would like to see Esbury Cockney get some better wingers at some point, but is um,
0: that is that the problem with him? It's his wingers. I'd say it's a factor. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that Paul Byron on your wing is gonna, you know, help his offense. But anyway, I thought Joy and Cockney looked really good together. Joy moved up to with Domi, which is fine. Um, but no, I'm very impressed with Jonathan Dwayne. This is coming from someone who didn't like the trade. I didn't like losing Mikhail Sergachev. There's a bigger need for Sergachev even now than drew on Montreal, but I am impressed with drew's play. And they beat the Leafs on Saturday, so I can't really complain.
0: Yeah, actually, I checked. Um, Five to two? Vancouver oh. walloped the Panthers last night. <laughs> Montreal just beat Toronto on Saturday, and Ottawa just beat San Jose. San Jose on Sunday, five to two as well. Everybody's happy. We're all happy. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to be fans of the Canucks, sends and Habs. I mean, not a good time to be. But then of the again, Leafs, but
1: do I want wins or do I want? Yeah, that's a good point. Quentin Byfield or Alexi Lafreniere. I gotta gotta weigh this up. But you know what? Maybe we'll get them both if San Jose mm-hmm. continues to suck. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't really? that be something? Ha ha ha! Colorado Avalanche. We <laughs> ended up fine. <laughs> Uh, nice. Yeah. sounds Sends. Interesting <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, obviously, I think the big story with us is the scratching of Bobby Ryan against San Jose because they ended up playing their best game of the season without him, which is real interesting. And judging on practice line today, it does not look like he's going to be uh, featured in line rush as much ahead of our game this coming Saturday, which is against somebody. I forget now. But yeah, it doesn't look like Bobby Ryan is going to be in the Senators lineup for the Are next few games. Are you happy with the game? Saturday. Uh, you know, analytically, Bobby Ryan still drives play a lot more than uh, some of our forwards do. But I like that. I do like that taking him out or demoting him to the third or fourth line allows uh, Anthony DuClair. Brady Kachuk and whoever else we have up there to get more ice time. I do like that. And Anthony Duclair is thriving right now. He looks like like again, I think that was a steal of a pickup in the Dzingel trade because I think on like Anthony Duclair's best day, he is Ryan Dzingel. So that's yeah, going to be interesting. I think
0: uh, and Vancouver fans can relate to scratching a multi-million dollar yeah, player.
1: Yeah, but like as, soon, you know, as soon as Bobby Ryan got like demoted, like he was playing with the top line for a bit, and they've demoted him. Anthony Duclair's gone up there now, and he's playing really well. So I'm happy. And Logan Brown, again, another play I didn't mention. Like he's getting more ice time because of Bobby Ryan uh, not being on the first power play unit. So good stuff. And it's the Bruins on Saturday. Sounds play the Bruins on Saturday. Cool. Also underratedly, Connor Brown playing very well. He has ten points, which I don't think anybody would have thought at this point. He's leading the Senators in points. I,
0: didn't, I think I didn't uh, know that
1: he's playing good. Like we, he, again, his offense was really limited in Toronto, and I don't think uh, he was necessarily bad in Toronto. I just think they couldn't afford to have two point one million on their third and fourth line, right? So I think that was like a good gamble for Ottawa. I think uh, I probably pissed on it too much, as did most of Senators fans when they. <sighs> Threw him in with the Zaitsev CC deal, but if we can turn Connor Brown into just a bit more of an effective offensive middle six player, um, because he's already pretty good at penalty killing, and okay in his own zone, I think like again, that's like a fine player to have
0: moving forward. So I'm so so
2: desperately trying to.
0: (laughs) We have uh, we have just under three minutes left. Uh, I think we should turn into the skid, and embrace our leaf slander. What uh, what do you guys think's going on there? They are not having a good time. Um, obviously, some injuries. People. They're not going to win with Babcock, I'm just going to say. Yeah, I it. No, concur. I'm just joking.
1: Um, I think he's getting too much. He's taking all the heat for them right now. And I, I've said this before. I still think it was completely naive of them to try and make Cody CC work because it's not working. And uh, I think... I've seen a lot of things uh, about their back-to-backs and how they've performed very poorly in the second half of their yeah, back-to-back. Well, Carolina games. I've heard the, a lot of Carolina their had the exact yeah.
2: same amount of back-to-backs and they won. So cool. if you're a good there's team, there's always making... teams that. That's have. what
1: I think. The Leafs, as talented as they are, should be able. I, I get not winning all the back-to-backs. Like I get that, but that they're a talented to team, yeah. and they should be able to make it work. Obviously, I think we don't. I don't think we can fully judge them till they get Dermot Hyman and Tavares back. I think then we'll get like a good read on what exactly the Toronto Maple Leafs are. But if Travis Dermott comes back and Riley CeCe is still a thing, then Mike Babcock is crazy and should be thrown in jail
2: yep i think if um yeah carolina had the exact same amount of back-to-backs and they had no problem if you have players making over 10 million dollars and are as elite as everyone says they are then yeah you're going to be tired but every team has back-to-backs and that shouldn't always be the excuse the league is not out to get toronto just like the playoff format is not out to get toronto either um yeah
1: also quickly last thing i'll say on it for all the slander that William Nylander got he's playing fair or unfair well. last year. He's playing well this year. Playing and very Mitch Marner well. is playing extremely poorly. He does not have like barely any points at even strength. He's performed unbelievably poorly. So that's kind of refreshing to see because Twitter's been awfully quiet on yeah. the Marner and Nylander football. I touch front on lately. Marner,
2: but I, have, I was impressed with Nylander from what I've seen. Yeah, and what I've he's read, I think he has been pretty well. So
0: good for him. He seems like a nice lad. And I think like we touched on earlier unfortunately for Leafs um, it comes down to their goaltending not so much Freddie Anderson more their backup um, and I, I can't really think of a solution to that I'm not really sure what they're going to do there because if they do have lots of back to backs they're going to have to work that out somehow so alright
1: well that's pretty much it for today good episode guys that was fun yeah. I like doing this
0: yeah I think I think we'll be back next
1: week yeah. And the week after probably maybe okay uh thank you everybody for listening to take to take on spirit live and we will catch you all next week have a good